And as Pastor Josh said this morning in, in huddle, that gives us perfect vision. 2020, let's do it. Let's go. As we start our new sermon series for 2020, it's time. We're going to take a journey where we need to learn to know God greater. We need to find freedom and ask God to help us to be the best version of ourselves. We need to discover purpose. You're not here by an accident. You're not here by accident. And make a difference. We need to make a difference. As a church, individually, whatever that looks like, it's time. Okay, I got to tell you, when the light turns green, what are we supposed to do? Go. There is an intersection here in New Lenox that drives me to need to repent every single time I'm there. Let me tell you about this intersection. It is at Galger and Route 30. The Metra train goes through there, and there's a light that if you're headed, especially if you're headed south, when it turns green, if somebody's on their phone texting, two, three at the most cars get by. It's backed up all the way past Pilcher Park because they're not paying attention. It is green. It is time to go. And it's not just one of those little beep, beep horns. It's beep, go. What are you doing? It's green. Now, if somebody's paying attention, six, seven, eight cars can get by. But if somebody's not paying attention, you're sitting there. Now, I want to tell you, I'm not in a hurry when I'm at that light. I've got nowhere to go. But I'm on the way to pastor the Journey Church here at this church. And before I even get here, I'm having to repent for everything I have thought about the person in the beginning of the line. Because they don't understand it's time. The light is green. It means let's go. So you know what? Jesus was talking to some of his disciples. In fact, really, they weren't even disciples yet. They were beginning to hear about him and saying, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I'm going to follow you where you go. We read it in Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. Let's read this together. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. In other words, I'll go with you wherever. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. In other words, okay, you want to follow me, but this is not a smooth road. This is rough. This is not in the nice inns. This is going to be rough in it. You really want to follow me. So they're thinking about it. He said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed. But he said, Lord, first. How many of your kids? You ask them to do something? Uh, yeah, but first. But first. They are talking to Jesus, the Son of God. Okay, but first. Let me return home and bury my father. Excuse me just for, for a second, God. I've got to go home because I'm attending my father's funeral and there's things I need to do. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own. Your duty is to go and preach the kingdom of God. In other words, your father is in heaven. He knows. He, was, he is spiritually dead. He is alive now. Let's go on and preach the kingdom of God because your business is about life, not death. He has passed on. 
And another one said, verse 61, Yes, Lord, I will follow you. Here we go again. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. I like what the message says. Jesus is saying there's no such thing as procrastination in the kingdom of God. The time is now. There's no looking back. The light is green. Go. Bottom line. That's what we're going to talk about today. The light is green. It's time to go. In fact, this past this past week, probably voices all over the world resurrected that century-old tradition of singing Old Lang Syne. And they sing it and they belt it out. And I bet the Scottish poet who wrote it in 1788 had no idea. Nobody even knows what they're saying anymore. <laughs> Nobody even knows what the words of that song mean. It's just you ring in the new year with Old Lang Syne. Should we sing it? No, let's not. Only, it says only 3% of the people singing it know what it says. Do you know what it says? It says, let the past be gone. Say goodbye to the passing year. Welcome in the new year. So I want to ask you today, what do you need to say goodbye to from 2019? What do you need to leave behind? What do you need to bring with you into 2020? How do you move forward into 2020 what should stay in 2019 and what needs to come with you and grow because the light is green in fact i feel so strongly about what we're going to discuss today that i put in every bulletin sermon notes that i want you to get out and follow if you don't have it you can raise your hand the ushers have them they'll come down and hand it out for you right now hand them out you'll want to fill it in i think this will be powerful for us friends as we need to move on from three old things. Number one, it's time. Move on. The light is green. We need to move on from old history. Those events that defined you. The pain that broke your heart. Whether it was divorce, bankruptcy, betrayal, a diagnosis you weren't counting on. Clear the history. Do you know how you go in the hard drive of your computer and you clear out the history? Or you can go and you can click history and you can see where you've been for as long. You can clear it out. I want you to move on and clear out all the old history from the past. That it's a clean slate. That you're not focusing on it. That you're forgetting those things that are behind and you're pressing on. That you move on from old history. In fact, Isaiah the prophet Isaiah in 43, 18 and 19 says this, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. God is always into the business of resurrecting. He's always in the business of doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Friends, move on from old history. What is that event that caused you to stop dead in your tracks and you feel like you're in cement and you can't move on? God wants you to move on. He's got a new thing. Step out as the worship team so beautifully led us. Come. Come to the altar. Number two, move on from old habits. 
Move on from old habits. What are the addictions that are in your life that are consuming your time? All right, maybe they can be in your life, but not at the level that they are now. What is that? On your phone. Can you set down your phone for 21 days? I know I can't. It's a lifeline, isn't it? But what's the balance of that? Where you go on the computers, certain foods, certain languages. Have you picked up some bad habits along the way? Something that you know you need to leave past in 2019 because it has formed a bad habit. Maybe it's a short fuse of anger that you recognize you've, you've brought anger in with you. And that response automatically, whether it's a language, an action, the way we treat somebody, we need to leave that habit behind and change that. What is God asking us to do? The Assemblies of God this week begins a week of prayer. I want to join you. I want to ask you to join us in every single day. You can go on the website. We can send it out later to you. That each day praying for different things and even fasting that God will move in America, that he will help us to change. See, that is something that I think we as the church need to be aware of going in 2020. God wants to bring change. He wants to change the things that just become natural, the habits that we have. He wants to help us to lay those down and leave behind the old habits. In fact, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, again, he was proclaiming the difference. Here's what hap was happening to the children of Israel. They were acting all pious and proud. They were going to the temple. They were praying. In fact, it says that they were doing their daily penance. They act really delighted. They were delighted to learn, but their behavior wasn't changed when they went outside. So they came into the church, they came into the temple, so to speak, and they're praying and they're asking God forgiveness and lead and guide and direct, but nothing was changing. They were even fasting. They were doing all these things that they felt God would be so proud of, but it was self-righteousness. It was out of duty. It wasn't out of a life that would be changed, the habits that God would change. So Isaiah 58, 6 says, no, this isn't the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. That's what the kind I want. When you fast, you're seeking God. And in prayer, as we come together tonight at 6 o'clock and we pray together, we're asking God to change us, to give us eyes of the Spirit, to see the community and the people around us that are broken, that are in prison, that are in chains, that we can offer life to them. Not just fasting for our own you know, righteousness, like, oh yeah, I fasted 21 days this week. This week. How do you like that? <laughs> My last week, how many of you taking down Christmas decorations and everything feel like the week was 21 days? That's what it feels like after the holidays. Move on from those old habits, friends. Number three, move on from old hurts. Move on from the old history. Move on from the old habits. Move on from old hurts. Here's the truth of the matter. We can't do anything about it anyway. It's over. It's done with. You can't get a do-over. 
There's no do-over. What's done is done. So how do we move on from that? We ask God to help us because in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Reconciled alone, that word right there in that scripture tells us that we had a debt we owed. Because reconciliation takes us back to zero. We're in good standing. He reconciled us. If we were to go on in that scripture, we would see that he called us to the ministry of reconciliation. He wants us to let all those hurts go and go back to zero, a zero balance where there's no debt anybody owes you. That's hard. Especially if you feel you've been mistreated. There was injustice. There was something that shouldn't have happened. And I'm going to tell you again about a stoplight. It shouldn't have happened. My very first week in Kansas City, so Doug had gotten me a red Sebring convertible, his mistake. And we had just moved to Kansas City. And actually, some of my girlfriends had come to visit. And we were taking him down to the plaza, because the plaza in Kansas City is a beautiful place. It's just a gorgeous place to be. And the, there's a one-way street going down, and it's hilly, and Kansas City has a lot of hills in it, and one way going down and another way coming up. And I'm going down the hill of, of this one-way street, and the light was green. It was green. That means go. But yeah, it turned yellow while I was in it. And I kept going. And all of a sudden, I hear, my very first time ever, hearing the sirens and a motorcycle guy coming from around the corner to stop me to give me a ticket. And I'm like, sir, is there a problem? And he said, yeah, you ran a red light. I said, no, I didn't run a red light. I did. This is a true story. I said, I didn't run a red light. It was yellow. He said, it was yellow turning red. I said, well, I just moved from Chicago and everybody goes through the yellow light. Nobody stops on yellow. Who's, do you know, let me ask you, do you know anybody stops on yellow around here? Nobody. We haven't got time for that because people are sitting texting when it's green. And if you don't go through yellow, you never get where you're going. I'm so glad I got to preach this one, Pastor Josh, that the light is green. And he said, we don't run through yellow lights. I said, how did you even see me? You were around the corner, three back. I saw you. And I am beginning to argue. And he's getting mad, this young guy. He's getting mad, madder and madder. And he said, I am writing you. And he was already writing the ticket, so I thought I might as well go all the way in. And, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? You can tell I need prayer for the lights. And he says, well, you ran a red light. I saw it. And I said, I did not, and I will see your tail in court. That's what I told them. And the girl, my girlfriends in the back seat are saying, shut up. We're going to go to jail. Shut up. Shut up. And they're looking at me like, what are you thinking? And I was so upset. So here's the problem. 
we just went to a brand new church in Kansas City. Our first week there, I didn't know where the courthouse was. I didn't know anything. I can't go to somebody in the church and say, where's the court? Uh, where's the courthouse? Because I got a ticket from a police officer who said I ran a red light, but I didn't really run the red light. It was yellow as yellow could be. So I went ahead and paid. It was only 100 bucks. So what are you going to do? Old hurts, mistreated, injustice. You're going to let it go. <laughs> see, I'm carrying that baggage. All these years, I still see his face in my mind. You can do nothing about it, friends. That's a funny story. Well, at least now it's funny. In fact, afterwards, I got to let you know. We had a police officer in Kansas City, and he said, I would have met you there. You would have you beat this ticket easy. Easy. I know right where that light was. And I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> Reinforcing my bad behaviors. I'm glad behavior doesn't start with an H because we have to leave behind all the H's today. The history, the habits, and the hurts. <laughs> oh, let's get back to this. Reconciling means Something has happened that takes us back to zero, that we let it go, we can't change it, it's over and done with. In other words, I can't start the next chapter of my life if I keep rereading the past. I can't start the next chapter if I keep rereading the past. So my question is, are you still being defined? Are you walking into 2020 now here? on January 5th, still defined by old history, by old habits, by old hurts. The beautiful thing is there is power for you to be changed, and it's time to make a change. That's the good news. It's time to make a change. We find it in the book of Matthew, verse, or chapter 4, verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. So he was like John the Baptist, and he got baptized, and he went on into ministry, and he began to preach. What was the first thing? Repent, change, move on. It's time to make a change. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. That's how we move on. We repent. We make a change. We change direction. It changes our mind. It changes the way we're thinking. Repent is a positive word. You might think of it as a negative word. Oh, I've got to repent. It's a positive word because repentance gives us power to move on to the next chapter, the next season. It frees us from the penalty of the past when we repent. And Lord, one more time, forgive me for that police officer there in Kansas City. All right, there you go. Next, the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? Is the king of our heart, King Jesus, is he sitting on the throne of our heart? Or are we king of our own kingdom? Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven. What does the kingdom of heaven look like? Who is the king of the kingdom? It's Jesus has come near. Look at that. He's near. He's not far. Come. All of us who come to him, he will meet us there. He will help us to change. I'm not saying any of the history or the habits or the hurts are easy, but they're worth it to make the change. How do we make the change? 
I want to present to you that I think we make changes in four areas on this first Sunday as we go into 2020. Four areas that need to be changed. Number one, it's time to get closer to God. It's time to get closer to God. Run after him. Take the first step. I was drawn this morning and I began to move out as it said, come to the altar. When you feel that pulling of the spirit, come, bow down. Do what he's calling you to do. Draw closer to him. James 4, 8 puts it like this. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. That sounds harsh. It's not. Because when we come close to God, we realize the sinner that we are, our humanity, our thoughts, our actions that just come natural. It's not a negative. When we come into the presence of God, we recognize, I'm a sinner. And friends, I want to tell you, the closer you get to God, the greater you realize you're a sinner. The closer you get. Is it a bad thing? No, it's a good thing. Because he comes to purify us. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So my question in you moving on is, where is your kingdom at? Is it of this world or is it the kingdom of God? Get closer to God. Over the next four weeks, Pastor Josh and I are going to present to you, beep, beep, we'll try not to lay on the horn, but we're going to say, beep, beep, it's time. It's time to get moving. It's time that our lives are all about Jesus. It's time that God purifies us. It's time that we make intercession and we intercede together. That we join in prayer. That we join as a force. A mighty, powerful force for the kingdom of God. Number two, it's time to get honest with a friend. It's time to get honest with a friend. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other. Now we know that when we come before God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We ask forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But when there is an ongoing habit or hurt or history that is difficult to overcome, friends, Scripture teaches us to find somebody, to partner with somebody, tell them your struggle, and that person better keep that confidence as God has commissioned them to. And be that person who's going to join with you in prayer. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Groups, small groups, prayer partners, intercession, is so important, friends, as we pray together. Laura and Drew have a, a, a prayer, a place of peace that they had built two years ago, maybe it's been, four years ago. And on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, they invite you to come pray with them. You need the address. I encourage you. It's a powerful hour every Tuesday night. Be a part. Drew and Laura, stand up so people can see who you are. You need their address. You need it. You see them. We can send that out also. Thank you. We need to pray. You can go there and say, I'm having difficulty. They know. They've been there. They know history and hurts and habits that God needed to free them of. Am I right? Amen. So you go there and you join in prayer. 
and you feel such a, a, a unity of the spirit as you pray with one another, as you care for one another. It's one hour. It's a wonderful atmosphere. Confess your sins to each other. Yeah, you, you know, you don't, we don't have to stand up here in a big group. Maybe there's someone that you want to say, I mean, I just confessed to you about how I told that officer off. And I'm, ho I'm looking for every one of your faces next week that I didn't scare you off and think, that pastor has a driving problem. No, it just happens maybe once a month. Anyway. It's time to be honest with a friend. Listen, if you want to get there fast, go alone. But if you want to get far, you've got to go with someone. That's a fact. If you want to get somewhere fast, you go all by yourself and you're on that road. But if you want to go far in your faith and keep going and going and growing, you need somebody to be going with you. You need somebody to partner with you. You need somebody to be there that you can say, I'm struggling. Because, friends, the enemy of your soul loses as soon as you confess that. He loses because not only have you spoke it, but you've got somebody praying for you. And there's power in two people praying. Whatever that is, whatever that is, whatever struggle it might be, something that's keeping you from being the best version of you, which leads us into number three. It's time to get in tune with my purpose and passions. Your purpose and your passions. Galatians 6, 3 through 4 says, If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. In other words, we're thinking we're all that. I think I'm this or that or the other. But each one, verse 4, should test their own actions. Then they take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Every single one of us today have a different purpose and a different passion from God. Yes, we are all building his kingdom together. But we are uniquely created with a purpose and a passion that we don't look and see what they're doing. And I can never be that good. I could never do what they do. We embrace each other, and it's time for you to embrace that and find out what is God's purpose for you. What is God doing? Get in tune with your purpose, with what God wants you to do with where God wants you to serve. Right now at the Journey Church, if you have a, a desire and you love to cook or to help or to help in the hospitality on Sundays, we want to talk to you. You want to help serve the kids. You want to help in ushering and security and all those different areas as we move forward. God has a purpose for you, and there's a passion within your heart. You can see the passion on the worship team, friends. It flows from them. It is, it is created within them. They know they are to lead us into God's presence through the power of praise and worship. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for giving of yourselves. Thank you for serving, for volunteering without a paycheck because they have recognized and they're in tune with their purpose and their passion. And guess what? If they don't do it, who suffers? The body suffers. 
we suffer, but when we all work together, we are a powerful peace to the kingdom of God. Here in New Lenox and wherever we are walking, wherever we go, God uses us. It's time to get in tune and figure out. We will be having membership classes coming up for you to become a member, for you to get plugged in where you want to serve. Friends, we need to touch the community and the people around us. We do. It's time. The light is green. Don't just go through life, but grow through life. Don't just go, but grow. And lastly, number four, it's time to get on doing something greater than myself. Everybody wants to be a part of something that's greater than ourselves, that's bigger, that's beyond just ourselves. Ephesians 2.10, God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work that he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. In other words, God created you to do a work. He created you to be a peace in his kingdom. For a purpose, there's something greater. I'm going to ask you this week as you begin to pray, to pray for little Elijah, Lawrence and Megan's little two-year-old, struggling with seizures. Friends, we need a miracle, and they are believing God. They are fasting, they are praying, they are seeking God. He had a very difficult time at birth. The doctors gave them no hope, and they believed God. And they're standing upon that today. That's greater. That's greater than just myself. That's reaching out to them and praying for them every time I think of it. And interceding or fasting, giving up something and saying, God, heal Elijah. These, this mom and this dad are believing it 100% that you're going to heal him. They're standing on your word. They believe 100% that you will heal him. And we do too, because it's time we do something greater than ourselves. When I was in Guatemala, God gave me an amazing opportunity to partner with the church, and I'll be introducing that in a couple of weeks. But a pastor and his wife and the, their family and their extended family, their children, the, the grandmother, the work that they were doing, our hearts were so joined together. And while I was there, she found out that she has a large, large mass in her uterus. And they were sure that it was going to be cancer. And she looked so weak and so tired. And as we went from place to place and enjoyed our time, and my heart has been burdened, her surgery was yesterday. And to find out, they just sent me a text this morning during worship from Guatemala that there is no sign of cancer in anything. In anything. Friends, that is greater than ourselves. When we can reach across, as we're going to do as the Journey Church, to help the Guatemalans, to, to spread the good news of the kingdom of God. And Myrna will now be a testimony to every single one of them that God answered prayer. There is no sign of cancer. We rejoice for that. We rejoice when we think outside of our bubble. I'm asking you, 
I'm asking you that it's time to do something greater than yourself. That we move on. That the light is green. Friends, we don't know what the, what the future looks like. We really don't. We don't know what the future of our days in America looks like. We don't know what 2020 looks like. We don't know what it looks like individually for ourselves, but this we know. I know, and we know whom we believe in. And we're persuaded 100% without wavering, 100% persuaded that he is able. And he's able to keep what I commit to him all the way to the end. So I can walk in hope of a bright future that I can put the gas pedal on, the light is green, and guess what? I am moving forward. I'm not stopping to text. I'm not stopping to read an email at a light when it's green. When God says it's green, it's green. I'm not going to be one of those in the story we read in Luke that we say, Lord, I'll follow you, but first I need to do this. The Lord says, no. There's no first about it. This is first place. God is first place. My heart get concerned in America because of all the things that come into our lives that pull us away from seeking God first, as, as our opening video said. Things of this world that draw us away, and all of a sudden we're not seeking him first. I long to see each one of you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to move on, to move on from old history and old habits and old hurts, and, and how do you do that? You do that by drawing closer to God, by getting a friend that you can be honest and open with. It, and you say, I'm having a hard time. I can tell you Megan and Lawrence are probably having a hard time today, just naturally, when they have believed God and they see their son hurting in such desperation. It's time to recognize God has a purpose for you, and there's a passion he has put within you. And it's time for you to do something greater than yourself. Would you stand with me? I'm going to do something really different in closing. I want each one of you to come to the front.